Welcome. It is the Ski Bomb Podcast, episode number 321, and it is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I'm feeling uh, a little excited that Snowbound is coming up, and we're going to be doing some ski stuff with some people in Boston, and I don't know. I was thinking about Boston today. I was talking to somebody, and uh, I didn't realize like how much I've been to Boston in my life. And I love that city. I just, I, I hate the sporting teams, but I love the city. <laughs> Ship it up to Boston, dude. Yeah, we are going to be up at Snowbound in just a few days. And when this podcast comes out, we'll probably either be there or we'll be en route there. So we're going to talk about Snowbound a bit. Last week, we talked about all time, Warren Miller. I saw it. I experienced the film. Give you a little bit of a, like a, a touch of a recap to close out the uncertainty that a lot of us had going into it after seeing the announcement of what it was going to be. It was uh, not what I expected, but it was, it was pretty good. I'll just leave it at that pretty, for now. Pretty, pretty good. Check out pretty, pretty, pretty good. So check out more in the main topic. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, X, Facebook, Instagram, untapped YouTube. We are at ski bump podcast. Do you want to be part? of the podcast do you want to support the podcast do you want to be kindred spirits with us you can do so patreon.com slash ski bum podcast we've got a couple different we- tiers we may add a special tier there will be a new tier probably by next week definitely before thanksgiving there's going to be a 100 nice. a month tier that is the pajama jammy jam tier you will actually get jam. producer credits in the show we will, we will so they will contribute and produce you like you will get producer credits so nice you know it's uh it's pretty Build big your portfolio deal. yeah pretty big deal it's almost like you're like a venture capitalist in a way supporting this pretty great this day getting in on the ground be floor. the talk of your neighborhood you could be right? you could be the toast of aspen who knows so That's check out Check out patreon.com slash skibum podcast for that. Send us an email, skibum podcast at gmail.com. We forgot to mention it for the last couple episodes, but we also have a shop. If you want some swag, skibum podcast.com slash shop. Sweatshirts, hats, t shirts. There's some good stuff. Also, we got a couple other things on the docket. It's almost ski season for some folks, it already is ski season. You still have a small window to do a little bit of training and get ready. Best way I can tell you to get some gear, 10,000. 10,000.cc. Yeah, not even .com. It's .cc. Too many letters. Athlete-led. The only way to become the best is to work with the best. That's what they do there. Their motto, better than yesterday. At the heart of 10,000 is the idea of pursuit business, fitness, life, and skiing. They believe in moving forward with a quiet dedication to constant improvement and to be becoming just a little bit better than they were yesterday. You're not going to ski yourself into shape. You got to do some yoga, maybe some biking. You do a little CrossFit, plenty of things you can do, but you need some gear. Keep you looking fresh, tight, ready to go. If you go to 10,000.cc, we got a code. B Schneider 15, B S C H N E I D E R 15% off. Get some interval shorts. Got the interval pants. 
tremendous. I love it. Check them out. Nice. Also, like we mentioned, Snowbound. I think they actually have a few free tickets left. Snowboundexpo.com. Check it out. November 3rd through 5th. Talking more about it in the main topic. Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. They're back. Going to have Sean White, Lindsey Jacobellis, Ted Ligety, and on and on and on. If you haven't, Liggety, Liggety. we've talked about Snowbound so much now, you better know what, everything about it. You're probably already going, but if you're not, better have your stuff ready already. Dot com. Seriously, Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. I have a wonderful, good old fashioned dogfish head. The 90 minute, still chipping away at these guys. It's it. They're not. They're not beers I really could just pound away. It's just kind of, you, you got to have to, you got to sip them like a gentleman. So I got it in my nice sip of sunshine glass, just in as an homage. Sometimes I think about that dogfish head tasting we went to, and I still can't believe I was able to drive home after that. That was rough. Oh, uh, we had the 120. They had the 120 on tap someplace, and I, just, I went with, with John middle of the day i think it was a saturday afternoon and we're like got nothing to do he's gonna meet his cousin or something he's like when's the shepherd and the knuckles knucklehead in uh forgot what town that is in jersey there went there and they had it on tap and sat down and had like two of those bad boys and i didn't drive he picked me up i was like holy shit dude i don't really know like what hit me that those things just change your plans for the day like if you had stuff to do you don't anymore that's right. So it's like, a good flavor. Like six, it's a little beefy. I have like six yeah, bottles of 120, I think, in my fridge that are like 10 years old. You got to break them out, man. You really got to live. I just don't know when to drink them. I also found like a Game of Thrones beer called King of the North that, again, oh, I nice. must have bought when Game of Thrones was cool, you know, so before the last season. <laughs> that's how. Which was a billion years ago. That's when you know. Right? That's how you could date it. You just... Well, when was this really popular? And, you know, must be from like 2016, 2017, like everything cool that I have, all the music I like, all the clothes that I own, everything pretty much stopped at 2017 because that's when I had kids. And that's when like all my priorities got turned upside down and I have no money for myself. It all just goes to their Mm. stuff at this point. So Mm. that's why the beer is from 2017 or 16, because that's the last time I got it. That's something I could get. Damn. Yeah. Last time you could get it. So this is a nice, it's that matured hoppy flavor. Once that alcohol content gets up, it, it changes. What does that come in? I'd at? say it's like what malty. ABV? It is ABV 9%. Oh. Um, IBUs are about 90, they said. 90, okay. uh, 90 IBUs. So is that a double so, IPA? Um, they have it as an Imperial. Okay. So pretty much the same thing. Wow, I didn't realize the 90 minute was that intense. I haven't, I don't think I've had a 90 minute mm. since that tasting we went to all those years ago. Wow. Just because well, they I have 90 focused. on tap sometimes, which is pretty good. Yeah. I've definitely seen it around 60 seems to be the one that they usually have. That's a little, yeah. little lower key. I think it's still yeah, 60 is normal. Still an IPA. Yeah. That's, you know, dogfish head for. They make some pretty solid beers. You know, there's you can't go wrong if you if they're on draft, 
it's a pretty solid choice. Pretty solid. I want to go visit the brewery. That's the one in Maryland, right? Oh, Delaware. Yeah, I think um, Delaware. Yeah. I think somebody was telling me they have like a restaurant, they have their own hotel and the, like all right by the brewery. Yeah. They, they do the bike ride. They do the bike and brew. Okay. And they like, you could stay there. They say that's one of the, the better tours. Like you could just stay there for a weekend and just kind of, you know, a lot of guys will go with a bunch of buddies, they'll bike ride, they'll hang out the thing, but they have like food and they have everything right there. And it's all dogfish, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Is it in Rehoboth or somewhere near there? I think they mm. may have either some sort of facility over there. Yeah. I, I was at something once. I forget if it was a wedding or we were somewhere in that general region. And I had this idea of stopping there on the way home. And of course it didn't happen because, you know, life, <laughs> but yeah, life and happens. I think you must, might've mentioned it back in the day. And that got me thinking like, Oh, that'd be a cool place to to stop at on the way back home, but maybe one day, I just feel weird going South, you know, anything South of New Jersey. I just feel like, I don't know. I I just feel gross driving. I don't know. That just like Virginia, like Delmarva, the whole Delmarva region. It just feels, I don't know, too close to DC. I don't know. Just me. Huh? Yeah. So they have a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of restaurants that, they have distillery. Oh wow! And they have the beer. I'm like, I didn't know they got into spirits. Did, wasn't there a TV show about them once? I don't know. I could have sworn there was like a TV show or docu series or something. Oh, they're owned by Boston. And they beer. have an inn. Oh, are they? They're owned by Boston Beer. Nice. Look at that. And they have an inn. That's the that's the one. The inn is in. It's 2019. They got taken over by Boston Beer. And very bizarre. Oh. So the guy who started it's Sam Calagione. He started brewing in his kitchen in New York City, where he created his first beer out of overripe cherries with his roommates Ken Marino, who was the guy from Eastbound and Down. Oh, and Joe Lo Trulio was like the weird guy in all those. He was on like Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was in Super Bad. Oh, you I know, think I might know what you're talking about. He's been in like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He was in um I Love You Man. He was like the annoying LA Galaxy fan. The squeaky voice. <laughs> in Superbad, he was the guy with the car who like accidentally hit Seth, which was fat Jonah Hill's character, and took him to that party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that movie's so good. But yeah, I could have sworn oh, there was this place looks awesome. Up. So they have an inn and in the inn they have like packages with like e-bike rentals and I guess the beer's all included and they have freaking packet they have and they're like dog friendly. So they actually have a dog bark which I guess is their version of a dog park. Mm. Yeah, there was a, a show called Brewmasters. Oh. in 2010. Focusing on that guy on the Discovery Channel. Show focused on Sam Calagione, founder and head of Dogfish Head Brewery in Milton, Delaware, and his staff as they search the world for new ancient and imaginative inspirations for beer. That's pretty cool. Look at that. Kind of cool. 
So I guess this is kind of near one of the breweries. So they're brewing and eats. The pub where Sam Caligino started Dogfish Head over 25 years ago. Nice. So I guess they still have that place called Dogfish Head Brewing and Eats. Rehoboth Beach. Yeah. Rehoboth Beach. There you go. So that's where he started it. But they, I'm really interested. Now I'm looking at their distillery. They make gin, honey rum. They make vodka, peanut vodka, roasted peanut vodka. Sounds terrible. They got, but... a, they got a whiskey. They have a pun, pumpkin liqueur. liqueur. So they make a good the pumpkin head, right? That's the one they make. They, they make, make the pumpkin. Head. Pump, pumpkin. pumpkin. Okay, they make pumpkin, pumpkin liqueur. Okay. So, which their pumpkin beer is one of the best ones. Yeah. That's why I'm like looking at this pumpkin, well, pumpkin liqueur. That probably looks pretty, sounds pretty good to me. Not they're going to find pumpkin beer now because it's Halloween. That means that they've already got the Christmas ales ready to go. <laughs> you can't, you can't find them anymore. Yeah. Pumpkin's gone. We're already on. Uh... I did find a good fest beer, a local one. Did you? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Carton Festi this past weekend that I had for our little Halloween party. Nice. It was it was really tasty, and everything was wonderful. Till one kid smacked another kid with a cabbage patch kid right in the face, and kid Ah. gets cookies. Dude, you got enough? Yet ten six year old boys around. Like it was it was Lord of the Flies live. Seriously, we're watching (laughs) them. We're watching them play. We're like. I'm like, someone's going to bleed. I know this. And lo and behold, within half an hour, someone got smacked in the face with a Cabbage Patch Kid. And and their faces are hard ass plastic. And it busted the kid's lip open. He was bleeding all over the deck. Had to go to the hospital. The kid who did it got upset. They had to leave. It just... It was a Cabbage Patch mouse. Like a Cabbage Patch Kid with like a mouse outfit. Like like it was such a ghetto ass like Marshall's purchase. (laughs) Who the hell wants a mouse kid? Like that's disgusting. Like I, I kill mice in my basement. I got like I, I've killed four. I've caught this year already. It's not about the item. It's about Ugh. taking the item that is your. It's yours. You gotta, you gotta send a message. I don't know. You smack a kid or two with a cabbage patch, and people fall in line. They're like, I ain't messing with that kid. He's got a cabbage patch. <laughs> that's right. He will mess you up. So have him like like a holster with a cabbage patch kid, and he's like spinning it around, like sticking it in the holster. <laughs> I will mess you up, boy. You don't want some cabbage of this. patch. You don't want some of this cabbage of this. patch. That's <laughs> right. So it's distilled from dogfish pumpkin head ale. Mm-hmm. Oh, pumpkin ale. And they actually have a recipe for an old fa- uh, pumpkin old fashioned. Looks pretty pumpkin cool. Whiskey, hmm. the pumpkin liqueur, and Angostura bitters. Okay. So instead of using the vermouth, you're using the pumpkin. Yeah. It's only a half ounce of liqueur. Yeah. What's well, about what you'd put in? Well, it, usually it's two ounces of rye or bourbon to one ounce of vermouth than the bitters for a, a Manhattan. Mm. Yeah. So they call it like a punk hatton or something? Yeah, it looks good. I'm I'm glad they're distilling. Why not? Right? Like you're that established. You're like, let's start doing this stuff too. So they make that pumpkin out of the beer. And then the other stuff, I guess they just make... They're like they got their gin, vodka, all that stuff. So they must have a whole full distilling thing. Yeah. But they have all these different flavors of vodka and they have one called booze for breakfast. <laughs> it's a 20 percenter, two malt coffee, maple syrup, maple syrup, molasses, scrapple, 
nutmeg, cinnamon, brown sugar. Mm, if it's the scrapple I'm thinking of, that's gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tasting notes, deep mahogany, spice of sage, nutmeg, and cinnamon, warming sensations of cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, with pleasant coffee notes, uh, mouthfeel, yeah. smooth, creamy, and coating. Mouth feel. So back in 2017, when the distillers borrowed some beer for breakfast, brewed with all sorts of breakfast ingredients, they took this tricked out stout, distilled it, and let it age in used bourbon and new char American oak barrels for two years. Results a medium bodied whiskey with a delicate malt caramel backbone with a bit of spiciness from the scrapple. Yes, scrapple. One of those breakfast breakfast ingredients we mentioned earlier. Damn. Well, that pumpkin liqueur is only available at their Milton Brewery and Rehoboth restaurant. Yep. So you have to go there to get it. This one booze for breakfast. They say it's a rarity at the dog only at the dogfish properties. Okay. I kind of like that. Like you really got to want it. You got to go there to get it. So anyway, so my. Apparate today. So we're doing this on Thanksgiving. Not Thanksgiving. Oh my God. It's Halloween. <laughs> we're thinking of thinking about Thanksgiving. Losing my Halloween. mind. Halloween. Dude, you got Christmas decorations already to put up, don't you? Seriously. My wife has been playing. Well, the kids have they love the Grinch. So we've been reading the Grinch all summer. So nice. I don't know when Christmas officially started for us. It was months ago. And we're talking skiing. What do you do on we're Christmas? Do you we think still all the time. From the kids? We, yeah. Well, there's a you know there's a sequel to how the Grinch like stole Christmas. And he gave at it Costco, all back. At Costco, it's how the Grinch. Yeah, I saw that they had a Grinch lost Christmas. So there is now they went to. I mean, what a hack move by whatever the Dr. Seuss company whoever rewriting history. Can't do it, man. They're just they've added another book where apparently the Grinch lost Christmas now. Dr. Seuss rolling in his goddamn grave. <laughs> I can't believe they they went to the they they did that, but you know, gotta make money. Nothing is safe. How the Grinch stole winter? How about that? How the Grinch stole, stole the entire the entire season. Well, all I could think stole. about when I read the kids the whole Grinch book is how he lives three thousand feet up at the top of Mount Crumpet. I'm like, <clears> dude, they must have like epic skiing right out of his cave. Yeah, I mean, he's three thousand feet of vertical above the town. It seems like a pretty important right in town. Why hasn't right Vale? Why hasn't Vale gone in and swooped up Mount Crumpet? Seems how like Vale stole, stole Grinchmas. How, how the, maybe like the Grinch could be like the perfect Vale employee. You get the Vale CEO. They should put a logo Vale thing on as like Grinch suit. That would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> they could just fucking brand everything. Like, is he having pizza? No, it's Pizza Hut pizza. But yeah, so it's Halloween and it's been a long day. It's been a long couple days with Halloween. And we had a Halloween party, like I mentioned earlier, about the kid blasting another kid in the face with a cabbage patch kid. <laughs> we were drinking a couple of beers that day. Dude, you and... gotta tell him about that when he gets older and he's gonna be like, No, I didn't do that. Like I got a video of the kid. <laughs> uh, I tried looking on, on the uh the camera on the deck footage, but we didn't get it. So darn it. 
But anyway, new way to go to have it unseen by camera. Yeah, it's like the Sapruder <laughs> film. <laughs> back into the left. You see his head go back into the left when the Cabbage Patch Kid struck him in the face. <laughs> How could he strike him from the left when he was standing on the right? Yep. <laughs> there was another Cabbage Patcher from the grassy knoll. <laughs> There's another assaulter from mm-hmm. the no- grassy knoll with a so, G.I. Joe. I was so we were boozing over the weekend, and we've got Snowbound Festival coming up this week. So we'll probably throw a few back while we're up there. So I've got to stay hydrated. And we got to figure I've, out where we're going to throw them back. I'm thinking because of where our hotel is, we might be doing the Lord Hobo Brewery, which is I right like there. Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo where is solid. Trillium in comparison to where we are. Not that far, but That's farther far, than right? Lord Hobo. That's for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll still we'll just figure- stumble. Yeah, we'll have it out there on the socials. We'll figure it out. Um, So I'm trying to stay hydrated. And that's my big thing the last couple months is find different electrolyte hydration packs and and jars and that kind of stuff. Because water just doesn't do it anymore. Need more, baby. Need more. So I had one over the summer. I think it was the pickleball cocktail. It was the orange, which is good. It tastes like tang. If tang's your thing, you'd like that a lot. But I got recommendations from other people who said, go with the blue raspberry. So I got the pickleball cocktail, blue raspberry, and I got not the individual packets. I got the whole 60 serving little jar here. Wow. How is it? It's so good, actually. So sugar-free electrolyte drink mix. It's only got Mm. 10 calories. It's got... uh, magnesium chloride which i thought was bad but maybe that's a good thing there's Hmm. not much to it which is good pretty solid ingredients take one little scoop put it in 16 ounces of water i put it in 32 ounces of water i need to dilute it a bit otherwise it's too sweet but are there little bits of beef jerky in that too uh liver chips i just sprinkle my liver (laughs) chips there (laughs) you still eating those oh dude every day God damn, bro. Jack the F. That's because of that. I'll bring some to Boston. We're going to have elk blood, the drink, and we're going to have liver chips. Ah. Just mm. doing feats of strength. and. I got to buy some Chuck Norris water to walk around with. I'm going to go to Walmart, buy that fucking Chuck Norris water, and just walk around kicking ass. I saw your Sunny D, uh, (laughs) the hard Sunny D at the liquor store. (laughs) This past That's weekend. <laughs> uh, the hard city day. You saw it. There you go. Surprised. Yeah. It started at Walmart and now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Taking over the world by taking the world by storm. <laughs> Look out, White Claw. Here comes the D. The D's coming for you. White You're going to get the big D. The D. But yeah, blue raspberry. You need the big D. This is delicious. You can, it's sugar free. You get some electrolytes. Get hydrated because you're probably dehydrated. I'm looking at you, talking to you. You're probably dehydrated. Oh. Get some. Get some. So that's what I got. Blue raspberry. It's not even a real flavor. It's, not even a, it's just this weird color blue, but it's delicious. So check That'd it out. That'd be cool if there were blue raspberries, right? And aren't they blackberries? What's the difference? I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's some, some mad scientist or Willy Wonka would have made blue raspberries. There's no thing. blue food, man. Someone <laughs> has the blue food. That's like blueberries when you open them up. They're not blue inside. They're purple. They're like yellow on the outside. outside. But they're purple. So the purple. George Carlin. Someone has the blue food. He's got a whole bit about that. Speaking of the blue food. Let's go to ski news. An 
oh, what a day it was at Arapahoe Basin, which is the second resort to open. Boom. Big shout out to Ward Mountain out in Massachusetts, who just completely pulled it out of nowhere to be the first ski resort to open in I'm not sure if it was North America or the US, but they just they just came out of nowhere and they just took everyone boom. by surprise. They had one little white strip ready to go, but it was enough to be officially the first place to open. And so they're so in Shrewsbury, the Massachusetts, which is between kind of Worcester and Boston. Right outside of Worcester. So yeah, they they pulled it off. And now it's 52 degrees and rainy there. So that kind of tells you like they had just one little tiny window to make it happen. And they did. They went for it. They took action. They achieved greatness. They didn't wait for someone to tell them they could do it. They went ahead and did it. So great job, Ski Ward. I like that. In Shrewsbury. Let's get your rock skis and just go down it. Yeah. So A Basin. So this was a cool article. This was someone who actually went there. And you know, they uh they said, you know, they talked about opening October 29th, which is pretty late for Colorado, but they had a big storm that rolled in. I think they got about, is it 14 inches of snow? Yeah, 14 inches of fresh snow, 24 hours to opening day. While it didn't feel like a typical no. powder day, the fresh snow was definitely fun. Energy of hundreds of stoked ski bums was infectious, and the people watching was entertaining. And man, did the ski bums deliver. It didn't matter that the day started out at a balmy 10 degrees on the mountain. Many people still donned their best costumes. And this person said they rode a chairlift with a unicorn who was kind enough to let me touch his butt. I was passed by the Pope in line, which used my (laughs) Catholic gills for skiing on a Sunday. There were lots of capes proving not many people have seen or remember the Incredibles. Hilarious reference there. Strangers shared lift line beer and snacks with a smile and a fist bump. And this is all the happy, happy part of it. But what was hysterical is that I don't know if you saw the pictures of what a basin looked like. And the lines were that they were, um, let's use bad in quotes as folks in the Northeast. It really wasn't that, that bad. This is what it looks like at any of the big mountains on a a weekend, a holiday. And it's funny because my sister, she was all like, hey, I'm going to a basin on opening day. Uh Like, how are you guys doing in Jersey? Like, F you. (laughs) I'm like, we got a Halloween party. (laughs) And then my uh, my sister just randomly texts my my wife like, oh, where does your dad live in Norway? And would it be cool if I, you know, if we visited him or think about going there? And I said to her, I'm like, you live in Colorado. Why are you going to Norway to ski? I'm like, that's traveling from Colorado to Vermont. That's because they got outshined by somebody else that was like, you haven't skied Europe? Like you haven't skied? Well, no. And then her response, which is hilarious, she's like, eh, Colorado skiing isn't that great. She's like, snowpack Uh, is really dangerous and there's so many tourists, no culture. I'm like, (sighs) that is the most Colorado thing to say. And then I said, and I said, Embrace it. it back to her. I said, to you. the Poconos has culture and the snowpack is not dangerous. There you go. Of that course, true. ended the conversation. 
Is there anything? It's been worse? radio silence ever since. I will tell you, there's nothing worse being an East Coast skier than a spoiled, whiny West Coast skier. There's nothing worse. They have no idea how good they have it, and nothing is ever good enough. Well, the oh. best was the uh, we we're in Jackson Hole getting ready for our first day out. Beautiful bluebird day, and there's a kid almost throwing a fit in the lodge saying to his parents, I don't know if I want to go skiing because it's not that great out. <laughs> like, I see like one cloud in the sky, dude. Like it's the, that's really bad. Like it's ruining your day. Like I'm glad you're going to stay in. I only yeah. ski on days where it's 15 or inch more inches of fresh pow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And sunny and bluebird. Ugh. And a good temperature. Like, really? Like, how many more? Unreal. Yeah. Like, but you get used to what you get used to. I don't know. I go on a ski run and there's no ice. I'm like, it's too goddamn non-icy. Yeah. (laughs) Too non-icy. Can somebody harden this up for me? Man, any day on anything even resembling snow is a damn good day. It's a good day. At least that's how I look at it. Oh, man. I agree. That's crazy. All right. So next up, we have Young the Giant, McMaster Mike. Modest Yahoo. Modest Yahoo. And 220 Kid headline 2023 Stifle Killington Cup, Vermont Entertainment. This just hit the news. And I guess they're doing all the, you know, what what's getting set up for Killington this year. It's getting bigger and bigger. And I think now it's it's a thing now. When we were up there, it was just kind of like, eh, they're going to try this out and see. And now it's like, oh, no, this is happening. I don't care how many crevasses, how many how many things we got to tear down and build up. We're making this thing happen. We don't know how we're bad we, don't care how bad we got to piss off Greenpeace <laughs> by bringing excavators and dumping snow. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll, right. we'll build an ice machine and dump it into the crevasses, we, fill it we're up. We'll build an ice conveyor belt from freaking Alaska all the way across to deliver all that fresh snow to us. We will get all the cans of fake snow from every Walmart in the country and make this place fake snow. We don't care. That's we right. will get. We will have fake this race snow. here. That's right, Greenpeace. Are you going to stop us? Um, was it Protect Our Winters? Was the one right? And and they are out there. Both of them freaking protest. Protect our winters oh. and Greenpeace. They will do what they have to do. You Green our winters and snow peace. You see nothing. <laughs> Killing to Vermont. They just announced that they are going to have concerts on the Kona Big Wave stage, which is a new sponsor, I believe, throughout the weekend featuring Young the Giant, McMaster Mike, and Matsai, Mat- Modest Yahoo. Um, Modest <laughs> yeah. and 220 Kid. Kicking off the Entertainment Friday, which includes athlete bib presentation and fireworks display, uh, will be... 220 kid with over 15 million monthly listeners and 900 million streams. You know, they talk about them. Then they're saying Saturday, Miss Mix Master Mike, and it's going to go all the way through Sunday. So they got a whole lineup. And Mix Master Friday Mike is- has been called the world's greatest DJ by the source of DJ information USA Today. Boom. By MixMasterMike.com. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> by Mixed Master uh, Mike's is... mom. <laughs> by his mom. By his bros. 
all respect, <laughs> Mixmaster Mike. And we're just <laughs> just talking smack. So they're saying the 2023 Stifle Kill. It's a Stifle Killing Stifle. sponsor. Stifle um, is fully ticketed event. So all attendees will need either a general admission ticket, grandstand ticket, or VIP ticket to enter the festival village. So they have the village and the concerts. Like I don't know if I'd I'd recognize Killington if I went back during World Cup time. They like create stuff that's not there normally, and then they tear it right down. It's like in the Olympics, kind of like they build those like temporary basketball stadiums and just oh yeah, them up and ship them somewhere else after. They're like, let's just take down this mountain. We'll put it up later because it's blocking the view. You know, yeah. Why don't you build the uh, the big the uh, the big air thing right next to the nuclear reactor that's right there? <laughs> that was the last one, right? That was uh, that was the last Olympics in China. In China. In China. Well, the next ones are good. We got France for the uh, summer coming up next year, next summer, and then uh, Cortina, Italy, Italy, where I broke my shoulder. I broke my fucking shoulder. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and that's 2026, right? Winter? 2026, yeah. So we're about halfway there. Two good Olympics to even hang around in. Either French food or Italian food. It's, it's a, it's a no-lose. Cortini flying to Venice. Just truck up right there. Yeah, you do a lot worse, right? Yeah. There's a lot more places that suck, and I'm sure China had a few of them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Killington, they keep just adding new and, and bigger bands and bigger I guess Dude, artists to the, snow just to piss people off. You know it. And you know what? This year, this year is pretty much the earliest Thanksgiving can be. It's November 23rd. So you got the <laughs> World Cup happening the 24th to the 26th. I can imagine a long coat and a guy smoking a cigar, like a Tony Sopranos type, and they're trucking in beep, beep, this <laughs> big fucking truck, all these trucks of freaking snow. And somebody from Greenpeace like, this is wrong. And then I'm looking at him and the person just disappears. I don't know. It's like, I, don't, I don't seem to see any problem with this. The way we have I, things. I don't remember anybody was here. Will you ever see those like ice companies? How shady do yeah. they seem? <laughs> <laughs> It's like Carolucci's ice? ice company. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the famous like, Carolucci's have to do get nice? Like, where did they? Where did they come from? <laughs> Are they like masters of ice from, you know, the like northern Norway that their families been doing this for generations? <laughs> yes, that's, that's that's the backstory on, on everything. But Best all- meatballs. The backstory for 300 years, we made meatballs for, for kings and generals. But an like, ice really? company. Like an ice company? Like, doesn't that seem like the easiest company to run? That's right. So you say you make ice. You have a refrigerator. You have a freezer, right? You just open it up and take the ice out. Make some fucking ice cubes. It's like my refrigerator does the same thing. Hey, look at this funny man. Hey, funny guy. You going to make some fucking ice for me now? Come on over here. Come here, you little. Look at this fucking guy making the ice. (laughs) Open his freezer. This fucking guy with the ice. Killington's uh, going to find a way to make this happen. And one thing, it's just again, the corporate sponsorships, the Kona Big Wave stage. Because, you know, when I think the middle of Vermont, I think Kona. I think Kona, Hawaii. I mean, the two of them, I mean, they're almost the same climate, really. 
We're going to be on the Big Shaver Gillette center stage. Uh, <laughs> like, what? Uh, the Bob, the Bob's totally Big unrelated. Boy center stage. Bob, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Like, there's nothing chain anywhere, like, near Killington. But yet they're going to have the Kona Big Wave stage. <laughs> well, that's like live with the golf just disrupted because they were offering, like, a shit ton of money. And you got to do like Europe, give them like, you know, where they get sheep or cows or something like, give them like, I don't know, it's Jersey. What do you give them? You've won three <laughs> goats. Congratulations. You, yeah, you've won a, uh, a garbage truck, an entire garbage truck. Good luck hey, shipping that anywhere. It's uh, actually, it's a slightly used 2019 Freightliner garbage truck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Just give away random shit that like <laughs> is hard to get rid of. Like here's 20 barrels of oil. What the fuck are you going to do with barrels of crude oil? Like, yeah. I don't know. You want it. Yours. See you later. Sign here. Go refine it. You know, yeah. like 80 pounds of Taylor ham. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of like, I, I, people were like, they, I don't even know what that is. Well, you can find out, right? You know, when people laugh about the ingredients in hot dogs, I don't know what the hell's in Taylor ham, but it can't be much better. It's a big hot dog. It's the same no, thing. It's no, the same no shit, just bigger. There's no kale in that's there. Like, <laughs> it's like in Germany, the Leiby case. It's a giant okay. hot dog in the shape of a loaf of bread. It's With liver. I remember, I remember going out to a German restaurant with my parents and Andrea and my dad was like, oh, you got to try the labor case. And Andrea tried it. And she's like, this is the grossest thing I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> it's liver loaf. The best part is. It's liver you, loaf. You, but you try a little bit and then you realize, I don't like this, but there's a whole other sandwich size piece. <laughs> there's like three it. pounds left of it. It's like, Seriously. <laughs> Like imagine, like, imagine a, a, a meatloaf, like a, a size of a meatloaf, but it's like it's hot a, dogs with liver. Like that's what it is. It's a hot dog with liver. Oh, it's gross. It's, it's like a, <laughs> that's what labor case is. They cut it off, and it's the same shape and size of a piece of bread. So it's like you get these three layers. It's like a cartoon. Just three a, layers. <laughs> one little bite and it's like oh you know like <laughs> you look down and you're like I got this whole fucking like meat and oh. <laughs> liver hot dog loaf that's what it is <laughs> so if you don't like hot dogs don't, you don't like liver. if you love hot dogs it's perfect if, you, if you've always gone you know what I love hot dogs I love liver why can't someone put this together <laughs> boy Just are put you put it all luck. in there are you in luck, friends? <laughs> my hot dog doesn't have enough liver. Well, we your have hot dog, your liver got into my hot dog. Your hot dog got into my liver. <laughs> Match made in heaven. You're somebody out there. Like, and some a lot of people love it. And I'm like, yeah, I if you could slice it like on a slicer, maybe, and eat it like bologna, yeah, maybe, but even then, that's it's like a giant piece of bologna. It's like Cut like a half inch piece of bologna, put it on a bread and eat that. Just bread and bologna. It's a tough sell. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see the, uh, you know, like labor case, like a labor case company hosting a stage at the McDonald's labor case. (laughs) It's a McLabor case. (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, we couldn't source the pork for the McRib, but boy. What character would they have? <laughs> you have the hamburger, you have Grimace. And the labor case. Who's the person for the labor case? The labor case. Like... <laughs> Did David oh, Hasselhoff to sell it? <laughs> Hasselhoff oh, the Hoff. The commercials. Hoff, get labor case. Hoff. Orange Hoff. Like oh. sun drenched orange Hoff. Do you know that like there's that video of him like drunk eating those like cheeseburgers on the floor? <laughs> like just get like, a labor that case. version of him just like eating labor case on the floor. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh man, this is it's like it's so good. <laughs> it's getting all my energy back. It's so bring me up. I'm ready to go back onto the Baywatch. I'm ready to go start running on the beach. <laughs> labor case. If you don't know what it's about, experience it. Get some. Oh, uh, it's. But it's that after that first bite, you're like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want this sandwich. <laughs> Can you have little baby labor case tasters? Because there's no one you know, that big fucking sand. You commit to it. Once they cut it off of the loaf and they give you a loaf on another loaf and they give it to you, like, it's yours. Like, right. you, you can't get out of that. All right, here we go for the kids' menu labor tots. <laughs> Just cut little pieces and deep fry them. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Maybe They're maybe kids. they need to gain fat anyway. That's right. Labor tots. You need, you get, <laughs> <laughs> say tater tots. No, it says labor tots. Oh, uh, just deep fried, just fried liver tots. <laughs> nuggets. <laughs> labor case nuggets. Fried liver nuggets. <laughs> I don't believe oh, we yeah, even need right. to do the market research. Now that this will be a failure. <laughs> it sells itself. Yeah. It could be, and that's what you got to put on the pranks. Like, how many, how many of these can you eat, like, as a prank, and then it gains traction, and it's the hottest selling thing. Hey, man, that ice bucket challenge was a big thing for a couple weeks, right? Mm -hmm. The labor tot challenge could be next summer's big thing. Labor tots, labor tots. We got to call like Tyson's or whoever does like tots, and like be like, (laughs) we have the market on these. Like, we can help you with the market research. It's like, hey, I got a guy with like six tons of labor case in a (laughs) in a factory in Jersey. Like, we can we can do something with this. Could you? uh, So, do you think you would just cut the nugget and fry it, or you shoestring the nugget (laughs) and form it and fry it? I think that's the move. You got to shoestring it. I think that would be better. Yeah. It's just the nugget of pure meat would just be, I don't know. It does it. That, that's what kills it for me. Uh, the McLabor tot stage. It's going to be a big one next year's, uh, next year's Killington cup. I can see it. Now. We're going to have those in, in uh, development this summer. <laughs> well, one place where I'm pretty sure they're never going to have McLabor tots is at the India-Pakistan border over where Gulmarg ski area is. And this was actually a really cool article. It was a long article. And, you know, they talked about on the disputed India-Pakistan border, skiers long for peace. And I'll get into it a little bit later, but I, uh, again, watched the Warren Miller all-time film and they, of course, brought up the famous quote, if everybody skied, there would be no wars, which, you know, in our current macro environment would be, would be a wonderful yeah. philosophy for people to undertake. Now, this article talks about 14,000 foot mountain 
It's in the northwestern Himalayas. Uh, Gulmarg is a vast meadow that starts receiving snow as much as eight feet by early December. Located Damn. in the Indian-administered Kashmir, the mountains and the valley remain under the white blanket for five months. Already a busy tourist destination in the summer, snow brings in thousands more enthusiastic visitors from the hot plains of India to witness the otherworldly winter. It also brings the true admirers of Gulmarg, the skiers from Europe and the U.S. They talked about the photographer Lishan Latif, and the author visited from Delhi for eight days to witness the convergence of cultures in this winter hamlet. Hmm. And, you know, they kind of talked about there's there's no residential houses. There's dozens of pitched roof hotels, wooden huts, local eateries. They have you know, big umbrellas out front, a lot of lamb dishes like rich de meatballs, kebabs over rice, Indian snacks like parathas and samosas. It sounds like a cool like mix of stuff going on, like a just kind of cultural showing. It definitely reflects the culture of the area. It hasn't been, you know, not to sound like snobby, but, you know, brought up to standards of what a usual ski resort is, which is why it is so charming because it it's a lot more of its natural environment. But it's cool because it talks about the history of it in this article, too. And, you know, it was 1947 when India and Pakistan both gained independence from British colonial rule. And that's when the dispute between the border was known as the line of control. It's just a few miles from the ski slope and it's full of landmines and there's thousands Indeed. of troops facing each other ready for combat, which is crazy. Hmm. But what's really cool is the history where it talks about when the British started to overtake India by the mid 19th century, English officers frequented the region to escape the scorching heat of the Indian plains. They soon realized the potential for Gulmarg as an apt ski destination. When the hmm. India Ski Club was born in 1927, British officers hosted annual ski competitions during Christmas and Easter, yet the locals, the people of the Muslim-majority Kashmir, had no part. Instead, wow. they lived in impoverished conditions under harsh laws and forced labor imposed by Hindu Dogra rulers who bought Kashmir from the British. Hmm. And it kind of, again, goes into a bit of the history, and then the government's shifting. By the late 60s, they started to, you know, retrofit it as a winter destination. A bunch of like, previous military leaders would go up there and they would, um, you know, train in skiing and mountaineering for, you know, for military officers. And then about 1980, that's when the influx of skiing started or influx of skiers started and the government started to invest in the economy, building out infrastructure, putting the chairlift, installing surface lift, lifts, and then skiers continued to come. In 1987, the government built a gondola to take tourists from Gulmarg Village to Kongdori, a large open bowl halfway up Afarwat Peak. More than 700,000 tourists flocked to Kashmir that year, up from the prior year, but the steady growth soon hit a violent roadblock. Hmm. Following winter, armed rebellion broke out against Indian rule in Kashmir. So then it became a mess. It, got, it was extremely, it was like a hot zone, so people weren't really going there. 
Yeah, it's like on the border. That's pretty crazy. <clears throat> yeah. The world accused <clears throat> Indian forces of grave human rights violations, including torture and rape. Human rights organizations put the estimated number of people killed in the conflict in the next few years at more than 50,000. Hmm. And then, of course, there were advisories against visiting Kashmir in 1990. The number of tourists visiting Kashmir dropped to 6,000. Gee. So from almost 700,000 to 6,000 in just a couple of years. Wow. And then in 95, when Al-Farham militants kidnapped six backpackers, including two Americans in southern Pahalgam, just 90 miles east of Gulmarg, only one hostage managed to escape. And the article kind of talks about this, this one guy who was one of those, um, I think he was former military and he ended up opening a store, becoming a mountain guide. And then his son went on and became hmm. uh, an athlete for uh, like the, he was in the 2022 Olympics skiing for India. Yeah. And he's like, the, uh, <clears throat> he's like everybody a, knows him there. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really cool great. article. Um, just, in, it's just, it's always interesting seeing, because usually when you think of skiing, you think of escaping the news and escaping kind of the horrible things that, you know, are, are part of life for unfortunately a lot of folks. But this this article just tie, is timely and it brings together life and struggle and conflict and war and how it it can it can divide people, but it's also it's the area is divided, but the sport can unite people when they all come together yeah. and just experience the mountains. So it's, it's a, talk long a lot way. about how people go there and see snow for the first time and maybe ski for the first time, which is really kind of cool. Really, like really cool. Yeah. Such a rarity in that region. Cause it's so hot usually. Right. Like, yeah. And it's too, it's, cool. yeah. I mean, they, obviously the people, you know, who are used to living in a hundred, 110 degrees coming up there and being in 30 degrees is got to be a huge shock to their systems. So, you know, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's that, but also it's, you know, I, I don't know how many people in the area, I mean, India is obviously becoming more of a, a prominent or prosperous country. It's going to be interesting to see the way this area, what it becomes, like, can it go on to become something similar to what they have in the Alps? Is there going to be too much conflict in the Kashmir region? Is it just going to, you know, be one of those tricky hotspots that you really got to, to want to go ski at? Like almost like you see in Iran, there's a bunch of, you know, really yeah. good skiing a few miles outside Tehran, but who is going to go there, especially now? So yeah, it's, it's all the, it, it's such a like beacon of hope in an area where things are, tricky and ugly and again back to the war actually North, at the, you know if everybody skied there would be no wars and it's almost like yeah. guys we're not going to fight today you go here you know israel hamas we're all skiing together today and you know what at the end i'm sure we're going to be cool so yeah. let's hop on the gondolas yeah at the end of it they actually talk about like this lady with a nine-year-old son that that went from New Delhi to Gomar to ski and how they're they're, you know, her husband's an Indian army officer. So they didn't see each other for a few months and they're, they're, you know, reuniting there out on the ski area and they're going to ski. And um, they said, he's one of the soldiers posted on, posted on the border North of the ski area. And because of this 
seven rifle wielding soldiers are around him on the snow for her son's safety. That's so and that's crazy. the life they're living. Hmm. And that's what it is, right? Like you never know. That's pretty yeah. messed up stuff. <clears throat> it's a hot zone. Yeah. Imagine, you know, imagine if Nevada and California were at war and you were skiing in heavenly. Yeah, you know, it's think kind of in a way what it would be like. Probably not. <laughs> These days. Think Nevada? I think so. God bless you, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, think about like that's, just, that's almost what it's like when you're, yeah. you know, if you think about geographically that region, you know, like the, the Lake Tahoe region. Imagine Lake Tahoe is Kashmir and you have California on one side fighting and Nevada on the other side fighting. And <clears> there's right at the bottom there or right on the border there, you have people, you had armed guards. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Thing. That's, that's in a way what it would be like. Damn. Yeah, it's tough. Everybody to hang on the outskirts around. and just get away from it all, right? It's tough to wrap your head around. But, you know, again, yeah. as, as we're trying to do the things that we we enjoy, we you know, we talked about earlier how people are complaining about lift lines and snowpack and la- things are taking longer to open, man. It should be open already. And you look at what else is going on in the world. Like You really you need to kind of check yourself and just take a deep breath and realize how lucky we even are to be able to do this. And, you know, we really should be fighting to preserve that ability by, you know, making sure that we, we kind of keep things in a way that allows, allows us to flourish and allows us to live our lives in a way that we can continue this. I mean, look around our own cities. We're a lot better off than other people. It's like we got yeah, right? freedom isn't free. Yeah. But you gotta appreciate what you have too, you know. Put in perspective. Hundred percent. Well, speaking of appreciating what we have, we are gonna go into the main topic. Snowbound Expo. We are gonna be going up to Boston the next couple of days. And we've mentioned it a few times. We're gonna be there from Thursday through midday Saturday. So we're not being there for the whole expo. Can't pull that off this right. year. But we're going to be there all day Friday, morning, Saturday. Got commitments. So we got stuff to do. We got commitments. But we are super excited. We haven't locked in nearly enough interviews going up there. So I think what we're probably going to do is just try to meet up with some folks, try to get them, just get their info and, and get them on afterwards. Because it's tough up there yeah. to find a good spot, find quiet. I know over the last couple of you know, either the ski and snowboard expos or snowbound last year, like it, there's just the time, the location, it really isn't ideal for setting up interviews for actually conducting them. There was that in the old expo center, there was that conference room we were able to commandeer, which was nice. But at this new yeah, one, we were able to walk around. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of weird how open it was, you know, like you would just, Find a just walk everywhere. Just be like, all right, yeah. we're gonna go in there. Go find a so. conference room and go make it happen. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. And you know, one of the things we're trying to figure out is a place to meet up with people on Friday. And I'm thinking the Lord Hobo could be a good spot because it is in close proximity to our t- our hotel, which is nice. But that's still, it's all They're still big. They're having the big 2023 blizzard. 
they had that last year. Um, and it was like a big kickoff party. <clears throat> so that's Thursday night too. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. That's the one that's going to be at Harpoon, right? No, that's the, uh, Royale Boston. Oh, it's another one. Harpoon. Harpoon is the ski, the, ski east the east. Yeah. Night. And that is, which night is that? That's Thursday. Also. That is Thursday. Yeah. There's like all yeah. these things going Thursday to kick it off. Which is why we got to be there Thursday. Boom. Yeah. So there's a lot going on there. It's going to be a great time. Hopefully I'll around at noon on Thursday. I could, I could probably just go there and meet you. <laughs> what opens at noon? Harpoon. Oh boy. <laughs> That's possible. So hang, hang there at the, uh, Oh, they have a pickleball social club. You can drink pickleball and play pickleball, but I can Brian. drink my pickleball cocktail. <clears throat> look at that. Wow, that looks fabulous. A lot of stuff going on. So yeah, no doubt. We will be there. And like I mentioned, Warren Miller all time. It was a different but familiar film. You know, I'm not gonna get into too many details. Talked a little bit about it last week. It was almost like a highlight reel, which hmm. was cool. It showed a lot of, you know, footage from, you know, the history of Warren creating his first film in like the late forties and just showed and gave a glimpse into ski culture in each of the decades. That I thought was nice. kind of nice, kind of neat. Yeah. It showed a lot of, you know, a lot of clips from old films that, you know, you know, and love and a lot of famous skiers and, interviews it was again almost like a a love letter to skiing like a history of skiing in the u.s and hmm. north america it's just it was it was kind of hard to even explain the way it it like the whole premise of again like it's just a, a recap almost of the whole ski warren miller whole ski history and I, I thought for sure, because they're saying it's going to be almost like two parter 70, 74th and then next year, the 75th. I thought they would just go, but maybe do like the forties through the seventies or eighties uh-huh. and then do next year, do the nineties to the 2020s. But hmm. yeah, they kind of gave you a little recap of, of how skiing and ski culture and snowboarding and how it all evolved, morphed, changed and grew into what it is now. Ooh, Which cool. makes me wonder what they, what are they going to do for seventy five? How are they going to do this? What what's their kind of story? That's a big board? number. Yeah, it is a big one. But if you were reticent to check it out, I would say you got to go for it. It was it was really it was just very enjoyable. It was just fun. It was like a like a warm hug, like a feel good kind of experience. And I will tell you one thing: where I going to go see it, it was empty. Not like was it? Not like no people empty, but Man. I talked to one of the people at the ticket booth. They said the capacity of the place I think is eleven hundred. They had like four hundred hmm. people. Damn! I mean, it felt when you walked into the theater, you were like, "Whoa!" Like this is all that's here. Because I know you know we've Man. been to those Warren Miller films at, at that venue in in Morristown, New Jersey, and it's it's pretty packed. This felt like. Hmm. And not dead, but way less. 
I don't know if it was because it was still in October. It was a Thursday. People had stuff to do. And hmm. I, I have no idea. I don't know the reasoning for it, but it was a very light crowd. But, you know, wow. again, it was skiers and snowboarders. So people were fired up. People were getting excited. A lot of cheers, a lot of whooping. They had a different yeah. concept, too, where they showed in the beginning three short films. And you could vote on which one you liked the best. And the people who won of those three were going to win like a... I forget how much money to continue making new films. It was almost like a new filmmaker award, hmm. you know? So there's three, five, five, six minute films. That was pretty cool. So that was a little bit different too. And they didn't do the intermission like they usually do. It was like those short films, a break, and then the whole movie, which it was probably an hour, maybe a tiny oh, bit wow. more. So a little bit different and a way it's probably good. Cause you can only do that same form factor for so long. You got to, mix things up and, and freshen it up a bit and i don't know it was really good like i really enjoyed it and i'll probably watch it again i hope they do what they did last year on outside they they showed the last i forget how many warren miller movies on black friday they just started at like eight in the morning and they just showed yeah. them all and then they just streamed them and then they they were going to show the new movie at, I forget what time, five, six, seven, eight o'clock or something. So hopefully hmm. we'll do that again. So you can check out the new one. Cause it's uh, it was just, it was just fun. It was cool. Well, that's very so, cool. <clears throat> not the best description, but I think, I think it's just worth, I think it's worth checking out. Again, especially if you're, uh, if you're new into checking out these movies too, it's good because you can really, kind of get a taste of what those old Warren Miller films were like and why there was that draw. And it is nice seeing people from like the fifties and sixties, cause they were showing them just hanging out and partying in Tahoe, like in the, the early sixties, it just seemed like uh, such awesome. a, such a scene. It was cool. Hmm. So yeah, cool. I guess I say, go check it out. Right, we'll cool. talk more about movies too coming towards Thanksgiving. We'll, we'll, uh, list and recap some of the some of the cool ones that are worth checking out because there's a bunch of them and we really haven't talked too much about them yeah do they have all they don't have all the trailers out right because um i remember now the the show this year is about what three weeks earlier than it was last year <clears throat> for the warren miller no no for for the the uh snowbound about two weeks Two weeks because they used to have a lot of movies getting shown like they do the Warren Miller and the TGR film uh, this year. I haven't seen anything on it. Yeah. You know, a lot of it, too, is the venues they're they're at. Yeah. Sometimes they have the venue and the timing, right? It's tough, too, because you get a lot of holiday stuff starting up in yeah. you know, mid late November. So to find the right time to squeeze it in because the, the Warren Miller showing just started last week, last Monday. Because, you know, they right. show them all over the North America and they just, they, whatever they can, wherever there's the location that they usually have, because it's, it's always like the same spot. Sometimes there's a few additional ones, but they usually have them in the same spots every year. And a lot of these places have concerts and whatever else. So they gotta, they gotta find days that they can squeeze them in because it's not as dependent as, you know, say you have a band and they're making uh, an East coast trip. You know, they're going from mm. Virginia to PA to New York to Boston. It's harder for them to reschedule. You're not going to go from like 
Virginia to Boston to Philly to New York. You're not going to, you know, you see, so kind of have to, with this, you're just showing a film. It's, you know, right. one or two people from Warren Miller show up and the host and they just play it. I think it's a little bit easier to, to move the schedule around for these versus a, a band or a play or whatever, because they have more people and moving parts. Mm. Yeah, it's just a sh- different. Shout out to Gabby from Warren Miller for hooking me up with a, a DVD. Nice. Nice. I ran some trouble with my tickets, but you know, she was, she was trying to help me out. So that was kind of cool. I don't have a DVD player right now, but maybe one day I will have one and I can play it. Gotta save up for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Right. Remember how much they used to be? It's crazy. Craziness. I remember I got my TV. It was like $200. When I first got my, uh, my first flat screen TV. Hmm? All grows up. All grows up. Big day. Big day picking out a new TV, bringing it home. Yep. Damn. I haven't bought a TV in a while. Yeah. I think it's time to buy a big ass TV. We think. There you go. I've got one like last year. Screen. Oof. 80, 90. That's something big. Why, why guess stop there? 120. Bigger the better. 120. Yeah. Dogfish 120. 120. Inch oh, TV. Get it. Get a TV in a case. Both. Boom. Get them both. Boom. King for a day. <laughs> so yeah so a lot of stuff going on right now uh we're excited follow us on the socials because we're gonna post any whereabouts if you want to come by say hello we're gonna have stickers we're gonna have coasters we got coasters made up so we're gonna have stickers and coasters we'll have coasters. some at snowbound be happy to give them out so we really appreciate you listening to us checking us out we love doing this we hope you like listening so let's meet up if you're in the Boston area. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on the socials, X, Instagram, Facebook, Untapped, YouTube. We are at Skibum Podcast. Probably best to follow a whereabouts will be Instagram. That's what I'm guessing for you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Send us an email, at yeah. gmail.com if you got any ideas thoughts places we should go check out in that area if you want to be part of the show you really want to be part you want to be a sponsor a patron patreon.com slash ski bum podcast we're going to have it updated with our our newest tier and our actual offerings on there 10,000.cc if you want to get yourself into shape for a ski season get some cool gear there use the code bschneider15 the shop it goes the perfectly shop. with your 10,000 gear. Skibumpodcast.com slash shop. Get some cool gear, sweatshirts, t-shirts, hats for the ski season. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys in Boston for next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.